Welcome, everyone, to the 209 Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Urbano. And in today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing someone who uh, a lot of you who listen to our local radio, especially if you listen to 977 983 K1, you will recognize him, Lucas G. It's going to be really awesome being able to hear a story about his time uh, with Kwin and just overall his radio career and whatnot. Uh, he's actually a person that I would listen to on the radio often. I still remember all those days going to high school over at uh, Davis High and always having Kwin on or even sometimes in class, <laughs> Kwin being played on the radio and hearing the morning show uh, with Lucas and back then Amanda as well. Uh, th those are great days. And uh, I don't think I ever imagined I would be here interviewing him now, but I, he's a part of the 209 as well. He moved over to Stockton uh, a while back, and I'm really excited to talk to him about um, how it's been like for him to be here in the 209. But before we introduce Lucas here on the show, I want to remind everyone, if you have not followed our social media yet, please uh, give us a follow. You can find the podcast at The 209 Journey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check it out. I might be starting to do some live shows whenever there's anything going on in the community and even some live interviews as well on the socials. So uh, go ahead and give it a follow to find out when those get posted. Also, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. It really, truly helps me out a lot, and you'll also be able to find out when new episodes get posted. I know previously I've said that I'm going to try and post each week, and as y'all can see, it hasn't happened quite yet, <laughs> uh, but it is something I'm working towards, and I, I think I might actually now finally be able to have a weekly schedule, and it'll be my goal to actually get new episodes up each Wednesday morning, so perfect uh, day of the week, I think, in my opinion, for everyone to be able to uh, listen to the shows and still have Thursday, Friday, if you listen to this show on your way to work, maybe on your way back home, or even on your lunch break as well. All right, so welcome to 209 Journey, Lucas. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going really good. Beautiful uh, Tuesday. It's Tuesday, right? Yeah, it is Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, much better weather. I'm glad we're out of the 100 degree weather that we experienced yeah, yeah. last week. So, got to enjoy yeah, it. <laughs> some rain today. I loved it. I loved it. I know, right? I, I yeah, we can't complain about the rain, especially during this time, because we, yeah. we need it. <laughs> heck yeah! Heck yeah! Awesome. Well, hey man, I'm really glad you were able to hop on here on the podcast. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, I grew up listening to you, and to be able to talk to you here is a bit surreal. And I keep saying that. Uh, I think. Right of all my guests, because, uh, you know, I never even imagined that I would be a podcaster myself. And here I am like three years into doing this and, you know, enjoying it ever, ever since I got started. So first things first, you know, I, I want to know a little bit more about uh, where you got your interest in, in the radio industry, like walk us through like what, where that uh, interest came from. When I was a kid, I loved music. Um, so I used to go out. I'm really old. So I used to buy uh, 45s, which are singles. Do you know what the singles are? And any, honestly, we don't even know what they are anymore. But they're like little uh, single records where it's like, uh, you know, and, and I would get it. And you have to put, you'd have to put an adapter in to play it on a record player. And I'd buy all of these singles like Super Freak by Rick James, uh, Give It To Me Baby, Rick James, Marvin Gaye. I'd get all these 45s and I used to play like I was a DJ at a pretend radio station at my house and you know I was a DJ and I'd uh, get up on Saturday mornings because I didn't have school and 
I'd start at 6 a.m. and play all these songs to like eight or nine in the morning and, and pretend like I was had an audience. And, and that was the extent of it. And I always enjoyed listening to the radio. And then when I got to college, um, I was interning at the State House. I went to college in Boston, actually. And I was interning turning at the Massachusetts State House. And my RA had a job at a radio station in Boston. He asked if I'd be interested. And I said, yeah, you know, absolutely. And so I started to do radio and it was a lot more fun than working at the state house so uh i changed things up uh, graduated college and then got in the radio full time and i've been doing it for 28 years now wow hey that's that's so awesome when you hear stories about people doing something when they were kids and you grow up and you actually end up doing what you enjoyed doing when you were a kid so uh it's it's awesome to see you actually be able to accomplish that dream yeah it's was, it was weird because um i remember when i first got my uh, my first shift at the college radio station it was like kind of weird to me to be you know thinking wow i'm going to be actually on the air doing a show um you know, I, I never thought it would happen i wanted to do it but it just seemed like it, it's kind of like you know playing baseball for the san francisco giants it's like a lot of people want to do it but you just don't ever think it's gonna happen you know you never know right i always say things could happen but you just got to try it. I, I always tell that to people, right? There's some careers that just seem like unattainable to some, but I always say, well, if you don't try it, then you might yeah. never even know if you even had a shot, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, that that's great. Uh, well, l- let's get into uh, your early radio career. Uh, I, I was here in an interview you did for someone else, and uh, I know you've kind of been through different radio stations, but walk me through like some of the ones that you've been at and just uh, traveling around the country, I guess, to different stations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, um, I had my first radio show ever at a little radio station in a little city, uh, Worcester, Mass, which is Worcester, Massachusetts, which is about uh, it's like it's like Stockton, San Francisco. It's uh, on the you know, it's, it's a little about an hour away, an hour and 15 minutes away from Boston. So I was my first show ever was there. And I worked there for two years. And then I went to this little town in Burlington, Vermont, because uh, this station in Burlington was putting people in big markets. I wanted to be in California. And I thought if I went to Burlington, Vermont, it would get me there. Um, and I was there for two years, right on the Canadian border. I was an hour and a half a month. Montreal. So I used to go to Montreal a lot. That was like the big city that was close by. And then from there, I went to uh, Florida and I was in West Palm Beach, just outside of Miami. And I was there for 11 months and uh, it was crazy. It was fun. A little too much fun. That's why I left. <laughs> uh, and I was doing evenings. I wanted to move up. I wanted to get off of nights. I'd done nights at that point for um, five years. And I was like, it's time for me to step up and uh, and move uh, from night. So I went to Denver, Colorado and did afternoons there for five years and then went to Fresno and got my first morning show in Fresno. And I was there for two years. And then I went to Wichita, Kansas, uh, and I was there for two years and then came to Stockton, California, where I've been ever since. And, um, you know, it's definitely, uh, the highlight of my career at Kwin. It's been my longest run. Um, it's been the most success. I remember when I was at Denver, um, I was very successful in Denver, and I never thought I'd reach that height of success again. And then I came here, and and I did, and it was it's just been a blessing ever since I came here. Wow, that that's so cool that you you know you went to different places, but ultimately your goal was to get to California, and you know you yeah. were able to to get there. <laughs> I told my dad in 1987 I was going to live, uh, you know, uh, in the San Francisco area, somewhere around San Francisco, and uh, here I am, an hour <laughs> an hour and a half from San Francisco. So yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Hey. I consider you know just any place in the 209 is, is still being close by, right? Without paying the excessive. Yeah, without paying rent. those prices. Yeah, yeah without paying those prices. 
yeah, that, that's why we're we're so great around here too. Um, it's you're you're centrally located to everything and. Oh, I yeah. love it. I, I, I wouldn't want to. I mean, people say I wouldn't want. I actually wouldn't want to live anywhere else because, you know, I'm an hour and a half at, at most from San Francisco. I'm 45 minutes from Sacramento. I'm five and a half hours from LA. I mean, your next thing near San Jose. It's just great. You know, the mountains. I mean, it's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a. It's really great. Uh, well. Let's jump right into K1, and I, I want to know how it was like for you uh, on your first day being here in the Central Valley, uh, specifically in the 29, I should say. Uh, how was it like for you on your first day, you remember? Yeah, I remember everything about it. It was actually pretty incredible, because I had a, a, a horrible experience in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, it was absolutely miserable. Everything crumbled in my life, and um, I, I remember talking to my dad um, the night before K1 called. Um, talking about how I'm giving up on the dream of, of getting back to California. You know, I was going through a divorce. Um, I, I was about to get fired too. I, I wasn't fired yet, but I could see the, the writing on the wall. Um, and I was going to manage a Chuck E. Cheese in Wichita, Kansas. That was my, that was my fallback plan um, for when the job ended there. And, uh, and I said, I'm just going to give up on it. My dad said, well, you never know, just, just hang in there. And then I got a call and uh, it was from Michael Newman, who was a consultant for K1 at the time. And he uh, asked me if I uh, was interested in coming back to California. I said, heck yeah, I am. And he goes, uh, the job's in Stockton. I said, let's do it. Let's do it. And he goes, Louis Diaz, the program director, is going to call you. And, uh, and he called me and he told me, this is what the job pays. Take it or leave it. I said, I'm taking it. And uh, I got in the car with my family. We drove here in a, a, a beat up Nissan Maxima that had like four ball tires. Miracle, we made it here. Um, you know, pulled in, uh, stocked in on Saturday, was on the air on, on Monday with Amanda King. And um, it's just amazing. I get choked up thinking about how amazing that is. I, I never really talked about the, the moment of just, um, you know, I came here um, just hoping to have a job and get to California. And if it didn't work out, I'd do something else, but I'd at least be in a place I want to live. And then, you know, 15 years later, I'm still on the air at uh, K-Win and, and I've had the most success of my career. It's, it's, it's just an absolute blessing. Wow. That, that's really quick. Getting there one day and then two days later, you're... Yeah, two, you're two on days on the- <laughs> later on the air. I, I mean, I, I had like three conversations with Amanda, I think, before we went on the air. And our chemistry was like this. And she even said, um, it, it feels like I've been on the air with you for years, you know, because we had such a great chemistry. And that was, that was day one. That was... Um, Way back was in November. It was, I remember I st- my, my first day on the air was November 10th. And um, yeah, it was just an incredible, incredible day. What, what year was that, by the way? 2008. 2008. 2008? So it was, oh, it was okay. 14 years. Yeah, 14 years. 14 years, 2008. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember those uh, those days with you and Amanda. And I, I could tell. Uh, yeah. Anytime you, you turn the radio on, you guys had really good chemistry. And that's what really, I think, makes for a good show, a good podcast, wherever it might be, right? It's that chemistry you have with your co-host. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, and when you have conversations and you're on the air with your friends, um, and there's nothing better. I, I, I literally, you know, since I came here, I haven't worked. I always say, I, you know, I don't work because I'm just on the air talking and having a conversation every morning. You know, the, the toughest part is the walk from the bed to the shower. Once I'm out of the shower, I'm good to go and, you know, ready, ready, ready for work. yeah. I think I always say this to people, right? That's the dream. When you're looking at a career, if you're not feeling like you're working, then you're living the dream, yeah. basically. That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. It's just, it's just an incredible feeling. So it sounds like you had a really good time on your first day. Now, let's talk about who did you interview first? My first ever interview, um, 
ever in radio was Terrell Davis, who was a Super Bowl champ. I wasn't even a Denver Broncos fan. I really didn't know anything about him. <laughs> I know he won the Super Bowl, but um, I was at that point in time when I interviewed Terrell Davis. I was I think I'd been on the air in Denver for two weeks, and like I said, I wasn't a Broncos fan. I really wasn't following sports as religiously as I am right now, so I didn't really know much about him. And my program director walks in and goes, hey, did I tell you you're interviewing Terrell Davis today? And I said, no. And he goes, you are. And he's here. And he, and, and he walks in. Um, he walks in the studio. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's really here. And I, I know nothing about him. And uh, it led to a great interview. I had a conversation with him. We talked about so many things other than football. And um, the program director after said, you did a really good job. He goes, I was worried for a second because you, because you handled it really well. Oh, that's good. Ooh, I can't imagine, right? It's like, boom, you got five minutes. Uh... Yeah, it's like I got that, you know, walking in. I'm like, oh my gosh, I really knew nothing about him. I, I hadn't been in Denver that long. And to people in Denver, that team is like the holy grail and uh -uh. everything. And I was like, I, and I really don't even know that much about this guy. Oh, yeah. Well, luckily, you guys uh, talked about other things. And yeah, I yeah. think it's it always makes for a good interview. I think, especially when you're interviewing an athlete, if you could talk about other things other than the sport it still makes for a good interview too, right? Oh, because yeah, yeah. You're and that's too much led to a friendship. It led to a friendship. I became friends with him uh, off of that interview, and he introduced me to a bunch of guys in the team. And then from that moment on, I, I it was weird. I had football players in the studio all the time. They'd come to my club nights. I was like, everybody looks at these guys like they're heroes. And I'm like, they're just coming. The guys that are coming out <laughs> to my club nights and hanging out in the studio is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool. Uh, I, I got to say, just in general, uh, when you first, saw that celebrity that maybe you admired growing up uh who who was it the were, was there ever a celebrity where you couldn't even believe that you were actually talking to them um you know the the, the weird thing is is that i remember when i went to the billboard music awards i was broadcasting from the billboard music awards i was really in awe of because when whenever you go to these award shows you're in a room and there's like a ton of radio stations there and then there's just celebrities walking around. And I remember just walking in and um, and Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince uh, of Bel Air walked in right next to me. And I remember thinking, this is such a uh, and he's not even like the biggest star or a, a guy that I I mean, I, I think I think I watched the show. Obviously, I love the show. But um, walking in like with him right next to me, that was incredible. And I was like, this is amazing. And then, then I go to the. Um, the buffet and I'm making my plate and James Hetfield from Metallica is like in line with me. And we're just having small talk. I think those moments to me were like the, the most of like where I, I really can't believe I'm here. Like, this is just <laughs> absolutely amazing to me. And, and then all the, the like St. John is a, 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 a on-air personality. I've, I've looked up to my whole career. He is on the air in San Francisco and he was in the same room as me and like interviewing the same people. And I was like, this is like, I, I, I don't want to be anywhere else, but right here, right now, it was just an amazing feeling. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Um, and I'm sure, you know, as, as your career went on, you kind of lose that like nervousness if you have any yeah. of that too, yeah. right? Because they, yeah. you see it more as just humans, right? Which I think is yeah. what helps, right? Yeah. They're just like you. Cause I, another, another great moment was at, at uh, one of the awards, I think it was the MTV VMAs. Um, you know, my engineer was running late and uh, Snoop Dogg sitting at the table and I'm like, Hey, you know, my engineer's not here, so I can't dial into the radio station. I understand if you want to get up and, and leave. He goes, no, he goes, we'll sit down. We'll just talk until the engineer gets here. It's all good. And I just, they just, they can be really nice, regular people. It's like, you know, there's a lot of times people say, oh, they're mean or this or that, but you know, um, I, I've had great experiences with all of them. Oh, that's, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> uh, 
Now, but moving back to your time at K12, what, what would you say is your favorite moment thus far? Uh, I guess it's been um, so many um, amazing moments at K12, but I think uh, the uh, the first moment that that really kicked in is that when um, you know we we hit number one in the ratings and uh, and, and everybody in the radio station was excited and, and proud and and after the run I had in Wichita, um, I felt justified. I was at that moment in time, like, actually I, I can do this because the last guy I'd worked for said I, I, I couldn't. And then when I came here and, and, you know, Louie believed in me and took a chance with me and we, we hit number one and just the excitement that was in the building, it was just absolutely amazing. And, and I, I had reached an accomplishment that I, I never thought I'd be able to reach again. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's really awesome. And uh, I'm really glad that you guys uh, saw that too. And of course, anyone at 209, I think knows K win. They might not know oh, other yeah. radio stations, but K1 is the one that has always uh, been there. And I think there's been other ones that have, you know, unfortunately folded and, you know, it's just, it's just, has happened, but you guys are still there strong and going on. Uh, now let, let's talk about the flip side of that too. What, what would you say has been your most embarrassing moment uh, in the radio? Uh, gosh, it's, it's, it's been quite a few embarrassing <laughs> moments. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, the interview with Kanye West was uh, I interviewed Kanye West in 2003 and he was not dialed in and he was a little distant. And um, when we handed him the liner, uh, his name was spelt wrong and he's very sensitive about that. Um, and this was like way back in 2003. So he wasn't like a household name that he is right now. And, uh, you know, he spells his name, obviously, uh, K-A-N-Y-E. And it was spelled K-A-Y-N-E on the liner sheet. And he was so mad. He took a pen, crossed it out and wrote it correctly. And then from that moment on, he was kind of a little distant in the interview. And um, yeah, not, 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 no, he wasn't, I shouldn't say rude, but he was definitely not, uh, he, he was given one word answers. <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. I mean, I think, uh, there's some people that can take more offense to that, right? I mean, they just but but then it's always lingering in their head, right? So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. He he wasn't he wasn't happy, and and that was definitely a a moment where um, I was like, yeah, okay, that that uh, <laughs> that that wasn't so good. <laughs> oh yeah, had it happened now, maybe he doesn't even do the interview, right? <laughs> yeah, no, now he's probably gonna have to leave, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, has there been one that has happened to you live, like you know, where you just have to move on and <laughs> oh yeah, yeah 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 i've had i've had um you know back in the day i've had uh you know um like the tapes of callers when we had reel to reel i'd have those like those weren't queued up and i would go to it and there'd be nobody there and that's super embarrassing um i've had stuff air that shouldn't be on the air like <laughs> <laughs> The mic was on and, um, you know, it's on there by mistake and it's like, oops. <laughs> and, um, and that, that's super embarrassing too. It's like, you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, you get a message and it's like, Hey dude, your mic's on. It's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, hit the mute. I don't know if you guys yeah, have like, a light oops. or something. <laughs> oops. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, I, I can't imagine that as someone who does live shows as well on, on social media, it, it happens. Right. Yeah, Sometimes. no, it's like, and you hear, and you hear stuff that they, you know, you don't want them to hear, um, you know, and you know, it's it's it, other things are like when you you say a joke and it doesn't go over well, uh, it's like okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the 
most challenging thing I think about doing anything live, right? It's like you can't really yeah. go back. You can't cut it out uh, of the show. It's it's just there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, now I want to talk about uh, 2020. We know how uh, tough a year it was for everyone. And I'm curious for you guys in the radio industry, how it was for you guys, right? Considering that, you know, you're still doing a show. You could still do it from home and whatnot. But uh, how was it for you, you know, doing shows in studio? You got your people right there, right? But now you have to see everyone through, uh, like, just the screen. Uh, walk us through how, how 2020 was for you guys. Yeah, it was very bizarre. At the time, in March of 2020, I was on the air with Nikki Blades, and um, I wanted to stay at the radio station. I, um, you know, I was trying my hardest, and she she went home, and um, and we would do things over a Comrex uh at first, which, you know, I didn't, I didn't see her. I would talk to her and just hear her. And I was back in the studio and that was working out really well. And then, um, you know, I, I, by April, I had to be home. So, uh, you know, I didn't want anybody in the building. So I went home in April and I started doing it on video. And, um, at first, uh, it was very awkward, very weird, but then we started incorporating the, the Facebook lives and Instagram lives with broadcast and, um, and, you know, you just like anything else, you wind up getting used to it. And, uh, and Nikki and I made it work. And, uh, and you know, we did the, the Facebook lives and, um, and our chemistry picked up right where it was at. We had a great chemistry and, and we kept the show so much fun. And we had a blast. And what we realized was that um, it's actually easier to get a lot of interviews when you're um, able to, to have it, you know, on video from their house, just like we're doing right now. Like this is something we didn't do prior to COVID. So. Um, you know, like if we were to interview too short, he'd have to come into the studio. But what was cool is we got to interview too short and we did it. Uh, you know, he was at his house and, uh, and it's just it was a really cool thing. And then, you know, uh, about halfway through COVID, I transitioned to a new co-host. Uh, Nikki, uh, you know, moved on to another uh, station. And then Lonnie came in and um, the first like year that I was on the air with Lonnie was all through video. So um, it's weird how you wind up getting used to everything. Oh, that's interesting. So you guys, uh, when you guys started, you guys were just on video, hadn't met in person. It was just all. Yeah, I met her on, in person, but not oh, okay. as a, a radio host. Like I knew who she was and, and, you know, and I'd seen her around the building. But, you know, we didn't really have, a, a, you know, a, a rapport yet and uh, or a chemistry, you know. And so we learned how to do the show together, uh, you know, via uh, StreamYard, which is like a Zoom program. And you know, we started out like that. And then all of a sudden now we're in the studio together and it's like, you know, um, but yeah, it just shows how you adapt and how, no matter how crazy things go, you, you, you wind up making them work. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, we use StreamYard as well too. I use it for, for all my live shows too. And uh, I, I can relate to you too. I mean, some of my co-hosts hadn't met in person, everything was just virtual and then met them in person and that the chemistry was still there. So it's, yeah, it's it, really it amazing. Definitely good. It's really amazing. Yeah. Well, speaking of co-hosts uh, throughout your your career in general, uh, who would you say has been your favorite co-host or the one that you felt more uh, connected with when you did a show? Well, they're they're all like uh, they're all like my my. I guess you could say uh, I don't want to say children because they're not children, but you know, like they're all I I, I love them all, and they all have special uh, talents in every single way. Um, you know, some uh, you know bring out more of a. a a vibe of controversy. Some bring out a vibe of sexiness. Some bring out a vibe of, uh, you know, political, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, psychological vibes. So every one of them has had their talent. I've worked with 
so many amazing co-hosts and um and the ones that that i um that, that have moved on are all doing huge in uh career in their careers right now whether it's in radio or whether they're doing um other stuff i, I have two uh former co-hosts who are therapists now so um you know i love each one of them uh, i still talk to every single co-host i've had i still talk to them uh, you know uh, at least weekly uh up, up till now like right now, I, I, if my, from my first co-host to my current co-host, I talk to him at least once a week. Oh, well, hey, that's that's really great that you've been able to create all these connections and that, you know, that they've moved on some in the radio, some in other careers. But it's it's always great when when you can have a chemistry off air, too. Right. Because I feel oh, like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's I've been friends key. with every one of them. Yeah, I've been friends with uh, every single one of my co-hosts. I've been blessed to have I've worked with everybody who's been really nice and we've gotten along. Well, that, hey, that that's awesome. Uh, well, I got to throw in a question here. Shout out to my uncle, Freddie, who's a big fan of K1 as well. Um, but he wanted to ask you, uh, what's your favorite artist that you've interviewed thus far? My favorite artist that I've ever interviewed. Um, I would say Usher. Usher would be my favorite. Yeah, Usher would be my favorite. And as far as biggest artists, I don't know if it'd be Kanye, Beyonce, or Jay-Z, or Diddy. Those, those are probably the biggest ones. But I, I yeah, I'd say Usher's my favorite. Oh, that's that's awesome. Uh, that, I, I mean, so iconic. I still remember, you know, all his hits from the 2000s. I mean, who oh, can, yeah. can't forget? Yeah, right? I mean. Oh, yeah, but... yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's you know, and, he, and he, he's grown with the times. I love how Usher's grown, you know. He's, he's just he's changed up. Did you interview him like before? Like yeah, I interviewed him yeah. in uh 2001. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was right right when he he was starting to be a big name out there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And and you know, and I got to hang out with him in a club and um yeah, no, he just he's just a spectacular and he has this uh he has a vibe um like it's not a regular vibe. Like certain people um you know, when you meet them, like Diddy, uh, Beyonce, uh, Usher, Kanye, you know, it doesn't matter where, when you meet them, whether it's the beginning of their career, mid-career, or, or currently, you get this feeling like they're not like regular people. There's something special <laughs> or something different. There's like a light. It's it's weird. Yeah. I, you know, that that's how they got there, I guess, right? That's, yeah. that's what makes them special. And, and it's good that they have something different, right? Otherwise, uh, yeah. it'd be way too easy to, to be them. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, uh, I want to know in, in all your career thus far, uh, what have you found it to be the most challenging part about just being in the industry? Um, well, you know, it, it's funny, um, you know, in this industry um, and, and, and like I would, I'd say it's the same thing probably in acting or um, television or sports is that people volunteer their opinion about what they think about you. And in, sometimes it's not always nice. And, um, and you have to get used to uh, people saying rude things to you and you just have to, you know, just dismiss it and move on. That's probably the most challenging thing. Cause I've, you know, I've gotten a lot of compliments, but at the same time, I've gotten mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, a, a lot of insults. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's probably the most challenging thing is that you have to deal with a lot of people volunteering negative opinions. Yeah, it's definitely something that, you know, comes with a job. But uh, if you could take both of them, right, it, it works out, right? Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, the thing is, is that you can't take your insults too seriously and you can't take your compliments too serious. If, if you don't live by, you know, compliments and insults, if you just kind of just 
take it as it is and just live your life, you'll be fine. It's like when you start buying into all the compliments, then when you get the insults, the insults hit really hard. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. That's, it's best to take those compliments lightly and just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just move on. <laughs> so uh, I want to know out of all the guests that you've had, uh, which one has been the most challenging? Have you had an interview where it's just, it, it, you don't even know if it's even going to be on the air or. Yeah. Blue Cantrell. I don't know if you remember her. Um, she had the song hit him up style. She was extremely challenging. She was very negative. Carlos Mencia, the day I interviewed him, he was awful. I don't know what he did the night before, but he was just a terrible interview. Um, you know, um, those are probably the two most challenging. And Con you... Kanye was difficult too, but but those oh, yeah. two, the Kanye was difficult, but it wasn't it wasn't super challenging. Blue Cantrell and and yeah, he you know she was extremely challenging, and Carlos Mencia was awful. Oh no. <laughs> um... And how do you typically deal with those uh, challenging interviews? Like, do you, is there something you do to like, I guess, o overcome the awkwardness of. The yeah. You know, I try to make it, I try to make it less awkward. And then when I see it's not going anywhere, I'm like, okay, well, thank you so much for the time. Uh, you know, have a great day. You know, cause if you're not going to get anything out of them, there's not, there's no reason to, to continue the conversation. So like with Carlos Mencia, we, I think we talked to him probably for about two or three minutes and they're like, okay, we'll, we'll talk to you later. Take care. Have a good day. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Oh, oh, and these were live too. They were they weren't like pre-recorded. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's even more yeah. challenging, right there. <laughs> yeah, you just you just move on and be like, okay, yeah, we'll talk to you later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that, that's got to be something else when you do it live and you know it's not going well, right? It's like, all right, let's yeah. let's move on. Let's just let's play music because people yeah, are here. <laughs> Yeah, it's not going anywhere, you know. And and then the people know that they're being a jerk when they hear the interview. It's like, okay, yeah, that guy's being a jerk. Yeah. I don't understand how people could be like that, especially when it's live too, right? It's like you're you're hurting your image. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's going through something. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe you know, Blue Cantrell just seemed rude. Carlos Mencia might have had a rough night or something. Maybe he had a rough morning. I don't know. He definitely didn't want to be on. He definitely didn't want to do the interview. That's for sure. <laughs> what was it like right there in the studio? Or was no, he was on the phone. He was oh, on the okay. phone. Blue, Cant Blue Cantrell, I interviewed in L.A. Uh, and I, I, I get, I mean, maybe I was, I think I was one of the late, the last interviews of the day for her. So uh -oh. I think she's probably tired and annoyed and she, you know, <laughs> she was just, she took it out on me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's unfortunate. Um, well, I got what, one last thing and, you know, I wanted to ask you if there's a message you would give to people who are interested in maybe not only being in the radio industry, but again, just in general in uh, the broadcast industry. Um, I, I think uh, if you want to be in the broadcast industry, um, you know, I think you should start like what you're doing and, and get a podcast, get a following, um, get that off the ground, be an interesting person, um, live an interesting life and then put that interesting life on the radio. I think that, um, you know, especially I, I think it's always been the case, but um, I think now so more than ever with the, the fewer jobs. I think you really have to be interesting and stand out to be on the air and and and, and keep the audience and, and get and keep them listening. Yeah, it's definitely not not for everyone, and it's one of those things that you got to practice to really try. Yeah, to get you, and you got to be fun. Internal. You have to be fun. Like, I mean, people want to hang out and listen to a fun person. You always want to. If you're going to be on the radio, you always have to think, well, would people want to hang out with me? Like, would they, you know, does my personality gravitate that I'm putting on the air? Is it gravitate that people are going to want to listen to me or they want to hang out? And if the answer is yes, then, then you can have a career.
Yeah. Or well, well, people want to interview me, and in your case, the answer would be yeah too, because that, that's why I'm trying to interview you. Because <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I know how yeah. you're. Yeah. Uh, cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, I won't take any more of your time, uh, Lucas, but greatly appreciate you just gave me the time here on the 209 journey and you know, just describing to us what it's like to uh be in radio. And you know, it really looks like there's a lot of great things going on with Kwin and you know, I hope the station's always there. Uh, I don't know if you guys are going to transition to like just, uh, I don't know, satellite radio one day, but heck, you know, I, I always, I always want to hear you guys. And you well, know, I hope not. I, I'll be as long as K1 exists and as long as they'll help me, I'll be on the air at K1. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere unless they choose to make me go somewhere. Oh, yeah. Hey, and if you got to create your own thing, uh, I know you have a lot of following. I'd definitely be tuning in as well because we definitely want to keep hearing you around here. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for being on, man. Have a good Definitely. one. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. Well, thank you so much again to Lucas G from K1 for joining the 209 Journey podcast tonight. Uh, you know, I was really glad to be able to hear his story about how he arrived over here to K1 and, and just his time here. It's It's really awesome to hear these stories and to know that you know, you could be there. And if it's something that you've always dreamed about doing uh, career-wise, uh, if you set your mind to it, you can actually make it there. And I think his story is a perfect example of that. Growing up, uh, you know, as a child, having that dream of already being uh, in radio and uh, kind of uh, feeling already like he's already there. And later on in life, you know, wanting to make it to California to be on his own radio show as well. And you know, after going through a couple of different stations, ultimately uh, ending up here in Stockton and enjoying it every single day and, you know, making a really long career from it. And as I mentioned to him earlier, uh, I really hope that the show keeps on going and never retire, Lucas, keep on <laughs> uh, having the morning block party because it is quite a popular show here in the 209. And I would venture to say that it's probably the most popular radio show in the 209. And just in general, K1 is probably uh, the most popular radio station in the area. And he did mention earlier that they had actually uh, gotten the highest ratings of radio stations at one point as well. And I would not be surprised if they're still number one out there. And it just goes to show all the great work that Lucas and his team have done over the years. And uh, that they're still going. They've adapted to the situation with 2020. And I'm really glad that they're doing live shows uh, to this day uh, and uh, that's actually helped them grow even more and if you have not seen them go follow them on facebook they have uh their k1 morning blog party show they'll sometimes uh live stream it there if you're new to the show i invite you to check out other episodes that i've recorded thus far i've interviewed people from all over the 209 and we'll continue to do so and as i've mentioned before my goal in this podcast is to be able to interview people from all over the 209. At one point, I hope to actually be able to say that I've had representation from every single city, town from the 209. And if anyone isn't from the area, they'll be able to go back through the library and uh, find an interview I've done with someone from that specific city or town. So thank you for tuning in to this show, for the support. Follow the podcast on social media if you haven't yet at the 209 Journey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, for more information on upcoming episodes and also on any new episodes that get posted as well. 
If you are on a podcast platform that allows you to subscribe, I invite you to hit that subscribe button uh, so you find out when every episode is posted. I am going to be trying to go on a weekly schedule here, posting new episodes. Wednesday mornings is going to be my goal. And I do have a new show scheduled for next Wednesday. So for sure, you'll have one next Wednesday. And I'm going to keep on going uh, after that, too. I have a couple of guests that I'll be uh, interviewing here, too. So uh, I'm confident that I'll actually be able to uh, have that weekly schedule that I originally planned for. So thank you so much to everyone who has been listening to the past shows. Uh, I've seen the numbers go up over the past couple of months, and I, I really greatly appreciate that. It's really awesome to see that. And to be able to hear uh, any comments that you guys uh, leave on the page is also really uh, inspirational. And it just helps me continue to grow this podcast show that I really enjoy doing so much, being able to talk to people from the 209. Well, everyone have a great morning or night whenever you might be listening to this. And we'll see you next week here on the 209 Journey Podcast.